ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Hello, Wisdomers. Hope you're having a really good day. This is Dr. Darian Parker here. The theme today is how to change your behavior for the better. Um, and actually, this is a kind of a pre-talk before the podcast interview that I have with uh, Brian, Marin, and Greg, who are awesome behavior uh, modification experts. Uh, my doctorate is in behavior modification. The emphasis is in that. So Today is all about how to change your behavior for the better, talking about behavior, why we act certain ways, understanding certain things that will help you to become better. And I think this is the goal of most people, it is wanting to become better, the best versions of themselves. It's also really important to be armed with really great information that will help you to change your mind or change your behavior. Changing behavior is one of the more difficult things for us as humans to do. We often get very set in our mindset starting very early in life. And that often begins with who raises you, whether it was your biological parents, adoptive parents, uh, whether you're a foster care system, maybe you were raised by your grandmother or your grandfather. The beginnings, the origins of your life have a lot to do with the behaviors that you exhibit currently in your life. And while that may have a lot to do uh, with it, it uh, doesn't mean that that's where you have to stay with that there. So we want to talk a little bit about the beginnings of behavior, how to change your behavior if you want to. Sometimes people don't want to change their behavior. They want to feel a sense of certainty and the things that are happen, happening in their lives. Uh, but I think it's important to talk about it. And part of being a part of wisdom is to provide wisdom and information and knowledge to others in areas that you have spent a lot of time in. So to give you some background on myself, um, I have been in the fitness, health and wellness business for over 20 years, uh, 21 to be exact. Um, that whole time I've been a personal trainer, and I continued to train quite a bit, um, a fitness executive for about 15 years of that time, uh, owned multiple fitness businesses, and uh, also have been an educator, um, teaching in career colleges, four-year universities. Uh, educationally, my background is in kinesiology, my bachelor's and master's degree, uh, with an emphasis in exercise leadership, and my doctorate is in sports education leadership with an emphasis in behavior modification in sports and exercise settings. So I thought it'd be great today just to have a talk before the podcast really kicks off at 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'll be recording uh, with the guys, Brian and, and Greg, uh, behavior modification specialists, experts, to have a big talk about um, behavior change and what it means to change your mind, uh, which, in our current society and where we're at, can be can feel like very heavy lifting um, with how things are going on. Uh, sometimes we can be very entrenched 
into the behaviors that we have. And, and those behaviors are often behaviors that are taught to us by other pe people, either inadvertently or advertently, where people actually talk to you and tell you things, or just you pick up on behaviors for that. In my realm of expertise, often that behavior is the behavior of exercise. And um, exercise or physical activity or movement, general health and wellness, um, often dealing um, and working with people and how to change their behavior for the better in terms of their physical health, mental health, social, emotional health, and beyond that. So yesterday I had a talk on wisdom, which was a health, fitness, and wellness talk. Uh, and it was all about operationally defining what health, fitness, and wellness is, defining motivation. What are the definitions of these things? So I'll go over that a little bit again as we're kind of in the pre-show here before the interview with Brian and Greg, behavior modification specialists. Um, and often what happens, one of the tenets or principles of behavior change is that it's not other people who are going to change your mind. You're going to change your own mind, but there, there can be other people in your life who are facilitators and educational opportunities and experiences that will help to mold you and help to provide an intervention for you to change your own mind for that. Ultimately, you know how it works if you really think about it. Have you ever wanted to change your mind about something when someone forced it upon you? Especially if it's something that you really dug in very deeply on. Has aggressive or forceful changing of your mind helped you change your mind about a particular subject? Maybe it has, but often not. It is generally a very poor way of getting you to change someone else's behavior. The really is about changing your own behavior. And so before you can help someone else change their own behavior or be, a, be an implement or an instrument for helping them, sorry, change their own behavior, I talked a lot about this, the evaluation of self and how you can change, how you need to evaluate your own behavior. Because we often don't think about how we exist in the world. We think about how other people exist in the world, their behavior, and how their behavior affects us. But we don't often think about how our own behavior facilitates or damages other people and then evaluate how we want to change that in our lives. So the first part of that really, and what I always cling to, is looking backwards in your life. It's one thing to have that presence, and we could talk about the present and what you're currently dealing with and your behavior. But the other thing is to take a backwards approach, a look back in your life, the beginnings, the origins of your existence. Who raised you? How did that those people who raised you, how did that imprint or affect your behavior about a variety of topics? I have often said to people that I counsel and I do intakes with and I work with, it's all about the presentation of how something is provided to you. How were you presented any particular topic? So let's take an area such as uh, health and wellness. What was the presentation of health and wellness in your household, in your community, in your city? Now think larger. What's the presentation of health and wellness in the United States? 
What is the behavior that is being taught? And how is that behavior being presented to you? Maybe the people who raised you or the person who raised you had a very strong presentation in terms of modeling good behavior, effective, sustainable behavior for exercise, physical activity, or movement. And you saw that behavior and you modeled that behavior. So social modeling behavior. Or maybe the people or the person who raised you had a very negative connotation or negative behavior towards health and wellness, whether it be sleep habits, whether it be nutritional habits, physical activity or exercise habits, maybe that presentation was extremely negative. And actually, they told you or this person told you that this wasn't important. And if you were constantly modeling this sense of learned helplessness about this, then more than likely you would grow up with a sense that health and wellness is not important to you. The origins make a huge difference for that, but doesn't mean you have to stay in that. So the evaluation of your past is important. Doesn't mean you need to stay there, but you need to think about it and how your past origins are affecting your current behavior patterns and almost any topic or subject or portion of life that you're in. In terms of exercise, health and wellness, it is an uphill battle for most people. I had mentioned this yesterday that the majority of people do not have a regular habit of exercise or physical activity. It's roughly 15 to 18% of the population. You have some scientists who say it's even lower, maybe 10%. And often in uh, private clubs, membership clubs, country clubs, commercial gyms, you can often have roughly about 8% of the membership who will actually be regular users of the facility. Um, so these are pretty dreadful numbers, as you can imagine. But there's a behavior uh, being set there. And Thinking about it from the current standpoint is important, but thinking about it from the past is also important. How you created this behavior, how did this, what are the origins of, of the behavior? Learning about the self for that. So thank you for those who have joined so far. We're gonna be on for a while here, especially as Brian and Greg uh, come on at 11 a.m. Pacific time. They're behavior modification experts. We're going to learn all about, all about behavior change today, how to change your behavior for the better um, with a mix of data, research, uh, anecdotal uh, observations, um, and opinions as well. And I, again, as I was talking yesterday, it's really important to define, operationally define the things that we're talking about. So within the realm of changing your behavior, there are many terms such as motivation, um, there are terms shaping behaviors, uh, learned helplessness, social modeling, all these things are a part of whole aspect of changing uh, your behavior. So I wanna recap a little bit from yesterday because a large part of behavior change that general society will say is, you know, are you motivated to change your behavior? 
I'm sure this is a very lively hashtag in any talk about improvement, overcoming adversity, getting better, uh, motivation. So if I were to ask you, if you weren't on the talk yesterday, and maybe you were, maybe you're listening again, but if you're new to the talk today, uh, we operationally defined what motivation is. And motivation is a very old term, often extremely vague, especially when it comes to behavior change. And motivation is simply having energy or effort towards something and having direction towards something. So in order to have some level of behavior change, you have to have some version of motivation, level of motivation. I mean, energy and effort and direction. So ask yourself, when you're trying to change your mind or change your behavior for the better, how are you creating intensity and effort? And how are you creating a direction, a point, a purpose towards doing something that will help you change your mind for that? And as I mentioned yesterday, that energy and effort without direction is not going to change your behavior. And direction without energy or effort will not change your behavior. Both things need to occur for there to be some level of motivation or actionable things to occur to change your behavior for the better or that. And often the most, the hardest thing about changing your behavior is the start. That overcoming the initial friction, uh, a lot of people say inertia, but I always say overcoming the friction points to start something is really difficult. So changing behavior is often much like getting off the ground. I kind of look at it as an analogy of, if you think about in physics and you know, an object at rest tends to stay at rest or wants to stay at rest when you're trying to move something. And let's, let's take this with, uh, let's talk about a modality or exercise. Let's say you're trying to push a sled. I mean, it's very popular in functional training gyms. The hardest part is pushing the sled because you're trying to overcome the initial friction point of the sled. The, the load is heaviest at the beginning. So an object that is at rest tends to stay at rest. But once you overcome the friction, your effort overcomes the friction point, then an object that is in motion tends to stay in motion. So once you're pushing that sled, and you're getting it going, it's easier to maintain pushing it because the object wants to continue to keep moving for that. Overcoming a friction point. Changing your behavior is a very similar thing. The hardest part is the starting part. Overcoming the initial friction or barriers to your behavior change. So ask yourself, what are the friction points that are making it hard for you to lift off? Think about it this way as another analogy. One of my favorite things is watching rocket launches. And there's a lot of that today with SpaceX and NASA. You see the Falcon Heavy 9s going up in the atmosphere, starships coming soon. The hardest part is getting off the ground, the thrust point, overcoming the inertia and gravity of Earth. In your life, you're overcoming the inertia, the friction, the gravity of starting something. 
How do you start something when there's a lot of friction? There's se there may be several friction points. Uh, again, now, before I move on with this, you're more than welcome to come on, press join, get in the queue to talk to me about uh, how you overcame your friction points you made lift off to start changing your behavior for the better and anything that has happened in your life. It's always good to talk about it. You're more than welcome to come up and do that. Um, the podcast episode starts at 11 a.m. for your listening pleasure. You get a lot of information out of behavior specialists, modification specialists. Uh, it's going to be a real treat. But what are the friction points? What are the barriers that are making it hard for you to change your behavior for the better? In the area of health and wellness, maybe the friction point or the things that are making it difficult for you to change your behavior are the people that you're around. Are you around supportive, nourishing, warm, inviting, inclusive people? Are, but may, if that's the case, then you've just created uh, much less friction to change your behavior. But on the other hand, what if you're around people who are not sympathetic to what you're trying to do, have very low empathy, are extremely close-minded about health and wellness, are just not supportive? It's going to be very difficult to overcome that friction point, certainly, but not impossible. What are the friction points that are making it hard for you to lift off from where you're at? Is it the people in your life? Is it your job? Maybe your job is a huge friction point for changing your behavior. All right, looks like we have a guest, Mr. Viet, coming on here. Hello, Mr. Viet. How are you? I'm well. Um, thank you for having me. Yes, uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I, I've been enjoying what I'm hearing, and great. You, you've set really good framework um, for for everyone to really consider um, what you know, what aspects need to change, and uh, how how we're trying to do that. So, you're talking about friction points and asking, uh, what mm -hmm. does that look like for me? Yeah, and man, I'm going through the journey. Um, so I'll try to be concise. Okay. Um, a, a lot of the, the struggles that I have, uh, stem from, uh, childhood experience, uh, upbringing okay. and, uh, specifically, uh, my mother, right. Um, single mom, you know, raised three kids and I'm the youngest and I resemble my dad a lot. Okay. Uh, which is her ex-husband, right? And so over the course of time, I've, I've been feeling like I've just been a burden in this, in this world, right? Like to, mm -hmm. like to her um, and, then, and then, you know, going through some kind of cycles of depression and just kind of anti-social tendencies. Um, I've, I recognize that, you know, what I do bring to the table is, um, is poetry, is education, is, mm -hmm. uh, the ability to, to inspire others in a, 
in a workshop or or stage format, right? Yes. Um, but but you know, I'm being honest with myself, and I'm I'm really being transparent with with how I present my story. And uh, I recognized that when I had made the decision to basically cut her off, this was 2019 around Tet New Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, for Tet New Year, I was at her house, and she was just said some things that were just really that I wasn't willing to accept anymore. Right. And, and that was along the messaging of I've been a problem. I, I'm her. I'm her punishment for marrying my dad. That's, mm. that's her words, right? So it's like I don't want to be all that anymore. And so I think in a, in a lot of what where I'm at right now, which is pretty stagnant, unmotivated. Um, that, that part you mentioned, you know, there's a direction I'm finding a lot of, uh, you know, space for opportunity on the horizon. Right. Right. Uh, But then that motivating factor, the, that, you know, these friction points you mentioned, I feel like as I'm thinking about it, going through, you know, your framing, if I'm being honest, right. And this is me articulating this for the first time. Um, it's like I'm rebelling. I think a lot of my adult, a, a lot of my relationships, uh, it, 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 particularly with women, um, have been very interesting because I, I, most of my great friends are, are women, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I can become very close. And there's a certain quality. Um, so when you mention who you're surrounding yourself with, there are certain qualities that I definitely gravitate towards that kind of activate me and motivate me. But I feel like there's also a tendency to want to fill that void, that motherly void. And so for me, a lot of that alignment is to really understand these dynamics about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm recognizing, so my, I, I've been living with a roommate for for about 15 years and he moved out um, recently in, in August. And I recognized that I let the place go to crap, like go to shit, if I can be, you know. Yes, it. Um, I let it go to shit. So I was like, I was like, all right. So I think that that behavior is linked to me wanting to do to please others or to not rock the boat or to not piss somebody off, right? Like that was my motivating yeah. factor. And now that I kind of freed myself from the one person that really like I was, you know, you want to do what you, you want to make your mom happy. I think as a, as any, you know, sensible son, <laughs> that's kind of your your queen, right? And and yeah. and it and it breaks my heart that it it's like what Prince said, you know, maybe I'm I'm like my mother. She's not. She's never satisfied. Yeah, and. And that was frustrating for me to, you know, I'm 40 years old now coming to these terms where it's like, look, I got to I got to be in control of my life, you know, and, and all aspects of it. And I think I've been I've been, you know, like I, when I mentioned my living situation, you know, I, I've been I've been I've been attached to the storyline of building a house with somebody. Mm. Right. And, and at 40 years old, no wife, no kids. It's like, maybe that narrative needs to change. And so again, it was like, was I maintaining my house 
for someone else that because there was someone else living here and I, I was trying to be you know respectful and mindful and and you know courteous as a as a roommate um and then when i get into my own space it's like that responsibility goes out the window right along with you know motivation for pursuing business and and um and and promoting self promote promoting you know when you're an entrepreneur you got to know how to to freaking market right <laughs> or, or at least know aspects of it in order to get it done right so a lot of a lot of that like i said um that's sort of my story in a nutshell um and i'm recognizing that i i need to find those motivating factors uh so um with that uh yeah some people show up in my life to check on me and it and it becomes this kind of like holy crap you know i'm not going to have company cuz my my house is a mess so maybe yeah. maybe i need to get my stuff together so i, <laughs> I start having friends over again right like right. you know things of that nature but um but honestly you know times are hard and nobody wants to do anything and including me <laughs> and i don't <laughs> i don't blame anyone cuz i'm i'm just kind of like in my own bubble Yeah. So it's it's I I I share this to kind of um be be honest with myself and yeah. and, and because I I recognize the power of 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 sharing. Most definitely. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you sharing and you know this is my goal is just to provide a framework, a foundation for people to be able to share their stories. And friction is a concept that I think most people can understand, but maybe often not looking at the friction points of the self of the people around you and evaluating that we often may do that in our work life but not personally and being honest with ourselves about the friction in our lives mhm yeah what are you know you know based on what you've heard um what do, uh, i guess like what are some tools yeah to kind of smooth in that friction right because like you're right it's the starting point it's like i'm looking at my kitchen yep and every time i look at it i'm like all right let me just get in here do what i need to do <laughs> and right. get out the biggest tool <laughs> is using like a shaping shaping <laughs> approach to it is not trying to say hey i need to fix all this today that's not going to happen more than likely is to say hey i'm looking at my kitchen uh how can i get the dining room table together and then work your way through other parts of the kitchen over the course of a designated timeline that you give yourself and then building systems to keep yourself accountable to those timelines whatever that may whether it's a a timer an alarm whatever system you may use in order to remind yourself that this is the time i do this putting it on your calendar it works say hey i'm blocking out this time and then reminding myself that i'm going to work on the kitchen i'm going to work on the sink today and tomorrow i'm going to block off time to work on the dining room table and that's you can take that to any behavior and just you can yeah. shape that and eventually it'll be it'll be good it'll look great but you didn't try to swallow it all in one day which is always the big mistake you can't change your your behavior in one day completely yeah yeah i mean the lockdown just kind of enabled me right. to, to get in to stay in this hermit mode yeah 
And, and and that's and and when I say stay, I mean I mean I was I was in self isolation before COVID. <laughs> right. right, right, right. It just extended it for you. Yeah. yeah. So, but I want to appreciate you. Um, and thanks for having me, man. Appreciate. Thank it. you, Mr. Viet. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, be well, and uh, thank you again, Marcella. I saw that you were on there. Please feel free to uh, hit the join button if you want to chat. We're talking about friction points. We just had Mr. Viet on. was very honest about what he's going through in his life and motivating factors, wanting to get some tools in order to start moving forward. I tell you that the friction point, that overcoming the, the inertia of your situation is so hard. One of the biggest things about moving forward is just admitting that it's hard is having honesty with yourself, not self-deception about your situation, admitting that times are hard and really facing that. That's part of overcoming the inertia. That's part of lifting off from your situation to becoming better, is to actually confront the pain that you're in. See what's happening, you know, Mr. Viet talked a lot about, we talked in the end about the lockdown and all those things, which it's been so difficult in different parts of the country where it's been more than others. And, you know, at that point, you're just trying to live and maybe you're, you've dampened your emotions because you're just trying to survive. You are having a difficult time changing your behavior because you're just trying to make it. And that's a difficult spot to be in. It's easy to stay in a place an object that's at rest tends to stay at rest. Basic physics. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. If you're at constant rest because of your situation or constantly in stress or you just feel a sense of lethargy, it's so hard to overcome that. It's okay to admit that it's difficult to overcome it. You should admit that to yourself. It's not a fantasy, it's reality. But just like I mentioned about a rocket lifting off from the planet, there's a lot that has to happen, a lot of thrust to overcome the gravity of the earth, the inertia. That's your existence in all phases. It's hardest in the beginning. That's what I was telling Mr. Viet. You, you can't do it in one day. You're not going to change your life and become well in one day. It's going to take some time. All right, we have another guest here. Jeremy. <clears throat> awesome. Loving all the guests coming on. We're starting 10 minutes with our podcast episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, Jeremy, am I saying that correctly? Yes, sir. Jeremy, how are you today, my friend? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm good. Thanks for being on here. I, I would love to hear about you and your life. No problem. Um, so first of all, thank you for having me. I love the title of the room. I mean, the talk, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. How to change your behavior for the better. I do believe it is a aspect of your mentality. Um, I think we make choices from ultimately changing our mentality, the words we use, the thoughts we think. And also what and what trains us and entertains us, um, I think will ultimately allow us to make better actions that um, result in uh, better productivity. 
and effectiveness. And so when I think about my behavior or the behavior of my clients over the past quarter, I think about just that transformation and addressing those pain points by allowing me to actually access uh, the root of the decisions and how they're actually going in the wrong direction instead of the right direction. And as a content writer, blogger, and editor, I have to craft that message and make it clear and direct so that their behavior can turn around and do a 360. I mean, I think that's really awesome. I mean, how's that affected you, your life working with clients and understanding their behavior? How's it affected your own behavior? Uh, it's affected me in a great way. I've actually rebranded myself because um, I used to be so heavy into income and be mm. so lured into the fact that the dollar sign would drive uh, my attention span. But now I'm into uh, these social audio search engine optimized and social media platforms to be able to add impact. And when you're able to add impact over income, you become uh, a part of an intent that allows you to act in a certain way, which leads to the behavior for the better. And when you have behavior for the better, you have better results. Most definitely. You know, we're talking about friction points. Tell me a little bit about the people you work with and maybe yourself. What are some friction points that you have felt have been maybe the hardest to overcome? I think when uh, my potential clients are stuck in their ways and are uh, narrow-minded and aren't open-minded to actually exploring the possibilities. So many times we think and we restrict our thoughts because of the limitations by our parents or by our siblings or by our friends and peers. When the matter of the fact is that our friends and our peers have not been exposed to the opportunities due to the technology that we have at our fingertips. So I have to reverse that mindset I have to implement the right words and I have to provoke emotion so that they can make strategic decisions to grow their business instead of stay stagnant and in one place. Tell me a little bit more about uh, income over impact. That, That resonated with me. I'd like to learn a little bit more how you came to that philosophy. Yeah, sure. So um, I actually have uh, learned a lot from my mentors and uh, I had to reverse my mindset and being able to learn that the dollar will come. If you chase uh, the dollar sign, then it will ultimately be the demise of your business. So, so many times we look at allowing how many uh, how much money we make in a day to drive our, our purpose and our passion. And then we ultimately confuse our client with a perspective that isn't the root of our business and our foundation because our clients are buying products or services. They're buying into us and our message. So if I can come onto a platform like Wisdom and I can share a clear message, I can tell you what I want to do, how I'm going to do it and why I'm going to serve you and why it should benefit you, not me then you will invest in me and you will invest in what I have to offer that will empower your mind so that you can run and operate a better business to be of impact to your community. And then the last statement that I want to add to that question that you just addressed is that I'm not serving my client. I'm serving their community because when I serve their community, they can then increase their income by being a influence and a of impact to 
act in a better way, which then will in return, like I said, get those better results. What is the response to this philosophy? Because, you, you know, there's money is a friction point to a lot of people. Um, and they may have a very opposite idea of, of this philosophy. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a great friction point because I think that's what opens up the dialogue. That's the essence mm. of the social audio platforms. I had a consultation earlier this morning and one of the clients at the end of the consultation, I'll just tell you, she booked she she paid me for my services because right. there was a fifteen minute consultation and then she wanted she booked the strategy session. So she said one of the main conflicts that she has is that she doesn't want to stir up the friction, which you just, that's a key word. And I love right. that you're, you're taking up, talking about all these key words. Friction, we need friction and conversation. While we have this political and social injustice and all these things that lurk up with the COVID and all these situations is because we don't stir up the friction and conversation. We don't have dual perspectives. We just have one person asserting their perspective and we don't have effective rhetoric between two parties. We have rhetoric between one party and we're not hearing or even thinking about what the other party is saying. So that rhetoric is going under the rug and it's being sweeped under the um, uh, or thrown out the window. So I think when you have friction and you have dialogue between two parties and they both listen, then you can come to a compromise that is effective for and beneficial for both sides. And that's what needs to happen in business for you to grow. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, I love, by the way, Jeremy Wade, awesome. I appreciate you coming on. What has been your strategy to get, let's say, two people from different ideas or different points of view to come together to overcome the friction they may have in their points of view with each other? I think uh, I, I start with a SWOT analysis. I want to do the strengths. I want to do the weaknesses. I want to see the opportunities and I want to see the threats. So I want to see how one person can address two and the other can take the other two. And then when we see how the opportunities, the threats can complement the opportunities, because when we get rid of the threats, we can then uh, expand the opportunities. And then when someone uh, utilizes their strengths to uh, amplify their weaknesses, then the whole team becomes better. And then when you sit them down, I mediate that that conversation and then they come to an agreement with a, uh, a a strategy so that then they can ultimately have a quote for a service or a product while both of them are, are be, becoming of impact and learning how to generate income. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I, I appreciate that. We're talking about friction points here and how to change your behavior for the better. Our current guest is Jeremy Wade. Uh, Jeremy's awesome. I love how you're putting together, uh, how you put this together. Because friction is something, everybody has friction on some form in their life whether it's friction for being well, friction with family members, whatever it may be, it can be very difficult to overcome that friction. Uh, we had Mr. Viet on before, and he talked a lot about a very honest assessment of his current level of friction. Friction. Do you promote that with the people you're working with, honesty and a lack of self-deception? Uh, I do believe that uh, friction is something that I will be implementing. I have not promoted it in the past. I mm -hmm. think as I continue to learn more about my clients and the uh, target audience that I serve, I'm learning that 
within uh, my community, my black community, that I'm learning more and more of our language is deterred by the education that we have received. Mm. So I want to be able to empower and educate my black community by being able to allow them to switch and change their language to be able to extend their words and amplify how they actually target the friction and uh, yes. start to use our words more than violence and, and start to utilize yes. our thoughts more than uh, actually acting so that we can react and create the uh, the right friction that we need. Uh, so true. I mean, think about it in the black community, our community is often you're born into an environment that you're you're not aware of, but you're assimilated into the ways and the customs of it. You may not realize the friction that is part of your daily lifestyle. It's normal to you, but it may be hugely negative for your progress to change your behavior. Yes, yes, yes. And I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Darian. I appreciate your platform. I love thank the you. title. I love the tags. Man, your talk was great. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I appreciate it. You have an awesome rest of your day, and uh, you be well, my friend, okay? You too. All right. Thank you. That was Jeremy Wade. Awesome. We're getting ready to start pretty soon our podcast with Brian and Greg, behavior modification specialists. Podcasts are tricky sometimes. I believe they're going to show up. We've confirmed it, but sometimes uh, things change as things come up. But I'm going to keep chatting until these guys come in uh, to our Zoom room here, and then you'll be our live audience to um, listen to uh, Brian and Greg uh, chat about this. Um, and regardless of what happens, I'll still stay on here. We'll have a conversation, just plenty of things to discuss and go over. So we're talking about friction points and how to change your behavior for the better. And Jeremy was on and Mr. Viet, and I love their honesty and all the things that they're discussing related to friction points and changing your behavior for the better. So I was making an analogy uh, to a rocket lifting off from the planet. Or I was making an exercise analogy, a sled. It could be any sled. The hardest part is getting started, overcoming the mass of an object. What is the mass, the object that you're overcoming, the friction that you're overcoming in your life to actually start making a change in your behavior for the better? Jeremy had mentioned it a little bit about could be family members, friends, parents, guardians. Currently could be your job, could be your significant other, partners. It's important to have evaluation of what are those friction points in your life. Then the next step is really, how do you change the friction? You know, when you're pushing a heavy object in order to overcome the mass of an object, you have to exert a force that's greater than that object. You have to exert a force that's greater than that object. In order for a rocket to lift off and overcome gravity, it, there has to be a thrust or force greater than the atmosphere and gravity of that planet. Think about it this way. Some friction is lighter and some friction is very heavy. Why would we lift off and our plans to lift off from the moon in the future to lift rockets from there? Because the gravity, the friction is less on the moon than it is on Earth. 
you can take these points to almost anything. Maybe the burden is very heavy. The friction is very heavy in your life, potentially very heavy. And the amount of force that you have to exhibit to overcome that mass seems incredibly high. Maybe your burden is lighter. And maybe it just, it won't take that much effort to change that friction point. Regardless, you have to identify what that friction is in your life to change your, your behavior for the better. And then you need to apply a force that's greater than the friction point. As Mr. Viet said, he made a very difficult decision of having to essentially not have the friction of his mother. How hard is that? would that be if your mother was the friction point, was the object that you had to exert mass over to change your behavior? I can't imagine how difficult that would be, but I'm grateful that you came on here and talked about it and you gave the effort to do that. By having this conversation, Mr. Viet, you decided to exert a force that's greater than the mass or the friction that's holding you down. What's that in your life? Is your burden light? Is it heavy, so heavy that it feels like the force you have to exert is insurmountable? So to change your behavior for better, I like to summarize a lot because we have people coming in here left and right and coming in different points of the conversation. We're talking about how to change your behavior for the better. And we talked about, and initially beginning of the conversation, what are the origins of your life, of your behavior, the foundations of your behavior? And then we talked about what are the friction points of your behavior? We know, and I like to compare things and make analogies, physics, an object at rest tends to stay at rest. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. You, if you're at rest or if you're currently stuck in a lot of friction, odds are you'll probably stay in that friction unless you exert a force that's greater than the friction that's weighing you down. That means action. You have to have action in order to move forward. So, the origins of your behavior, the friction point of your behavior, and also the actionable things that you can do, the force you have to create to overcome the friction in your life. Identify what is causing you to not change your behavior. Identify what is causing your object to stay at rest. And then identify what are the actionable steps and the things you can do to exert a force that's greater than the friction in your life. We're talking about how to change your behavior for the better. I'm Dr. Darian Parker. Uh, my background is in behavior modification in sports and exercise settings, but you can also take this to almost any setting with that. I work a lot with people and to help them to have desirable outcomes uh, for health and wellness. 
you may want a desirable outcome for your relationship with your significant other, with your partner, with your mother, with your father, with your children, with your friends. What's the origin of your behavior with them? What's the friction point? And what's the force you're willing to apply to overcome that friction? So let's talk a little bit about shaping. We're at the point now we've identified, we've talked about identifying your origins. We've talked about friction. We're talking about the action points here. Uh, again, this is Dr. Darian Parker. The plan was to have you guys listen in on this podcast with, it looks like we may not be having our guests join us, which is totally fine. I'm enjoying this conversation and life's about transitioning and adapting to whatever comes your way. Uh, we have a guest here. Love having, oops, looks like they went away there real quick. Uh, if you'd like to come on and be a guest, please feel free. looks like we're just going to have a conversation, which is awesome. It's going really well for that. If you have a story about friction in your life or how you change your behavior for the better, I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to ask you some questions. Looks like we have Paulette coming on here to speak. I love the countdown. It's a really cool thing. Paulette, how are you? I am well. This is my first time on. Oh my I goodness. Was, yes. And I'm trying to figure out how to uh, maneuver and work the different um, things that I need to do to be yes. able to speak and just trying <laughs> to figure out what's going on here. Well, listen, you joined in on this conversation about how to change your behavior for the better. Have you been listening for a little bit or did you just come in the room? I, I just came in a couple of minutes ago, but I heard the topic, and I think that's great. I um, I I do uh, like to I study behavior, behavioral health, and so um, this is a great topic. So tell me a little bit about your studies of behavioral health. I'd love to learn more about that. Oh, okay. Well, behavioral health is actually about the mind. Um, the mind is a part of uh, what's going on on the inside is what we're seeing on the outside by our behaviors. So basically, when you study the mind, you get to the um, the root of the issue because we see the behavior, but we don't know why we, we um, display these behaviors. And I, for one, was one that had a root of uh, abandonment because I was separated mm -hmm. from my mom at a young age. And so a lot of the behaviors and the decisions that I made in my life uh, was based on, it started from the abandonment, which grew like a tree and became many different branches. Fear was one, low self-esteem. And that caused me to make a lot of decisions that now that I'm all grown up from that, when I say grown up, I mean matured basically and found out the roots. I've changed my behaviors um, 360 degree. I mean, even the things and places and the people that I thought was where I fit in, I found out that that I, I fit in in the total opposite. Right. Everything that I thought I if, that I thought I liked and wanted, I realized that I I really wanted the opposite. 
total opposite. Mm. So this this is great. This is great. And um, I got to the root, so I was able to kill the fruit. But <laughs> I'm right. not really saying that I've arrived yet. Now I have different kind of behaviors that I'm trying to change as well. Like, you know, now that I'm at a place where I'm not just having dreams, I'm living my dreams. I'm taking the initiative to give myself the approval to live my dreams when I used to need everyone else's approval. So, okay, mm -hmm. now that I'm starting to, uh, you know, get out the boat and I'm on, I'm on the water now, how do I stand and be firm in these places right. that I started myself? I gave myself this permission to do this. Now I got to go through the growing pains to stay where I'm at or to elevate yes. and get to the next level. Yeah. So basically that's, you know, I, I, I am a recovery coach and okay. um, yeah, we, 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 we have a lot of things. It's not just drugs and alcohol. Of course, right. recovery is very broad. So most yeah. definitely. Well, that, that's actually wonderful. Uh, Nikita's in the queue. She'll be coming out. Just want to tell her just to wait, but uh, we're having an awesome conversation with Paulette who's new to wisdom. So everybody, please welcome Paulette to, uh, wisdom is a wonderful community. Take us through a little bit. I want to give some nuggets, some tools, strategies as a coach yourself, some strategies that the audience could take away for getting beyond those friction points and actually getting out into the boat, as you mentioned. Right. Okay. Well, first thing we have to, I had to realize, and I would tell everyone, is to realize that problems do not come to destroy you, but to bring the best out of you. Mm. I really, I really got to be the best me and evolved into the woman who I am today by the pain and the problems uh, that I, you know, I went through. This is what really made me see how strong I am. You know, Dick, they have a quote that say, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. Mm. And yeah, I, I have a story and, uh, you know, I've, I've been through a lot. I've, I, I am a survivor of so many things, but my scars have qualified me to say I am undefeated. You know, I went through these battles and I'm standing here today and I'm speaking about them. And now I want my story to be the rescue page in another man or woman's story. You know, so what I would say is just know that these things are not happening to you. They're happening for you to become the better, stronger and wiser you. So That's with me saying, yeah, everything that I thought I liked at one time, I don't. I'm like. Who was that? So right. now I look in the mirror and I say, finally, I'm so happy to meet you, Paulette. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I'm so happy Lovely. to meet me. Yeah. yeah. So basically, that's what I would say, um, Darren. How have you, how do you, how would you particularly help someone to have that mindset to say this thing that's happening to me? is not going to destroy me, but it's it's going to push me further to where I need to be. How do you turn the switch in your point of view for that, for the person? 
Great question. To turn the switch, I what I did and uh, what I like to do is say, I will never, ever just lay down and let something defeat me or keep me down without trying to get up. So I know what's happening. So how do I get up? Okay, so what I do is I look at it and I will tell people that it's a setup for you to get up. It's a setup for you to get up. Mm. And what is stopping you from getting up? What is stopping you from getting up? Because if you're in the ring and it's 12 rounds, you can get knocked down 10 times or 11 times. But if you get up before the count of 10, you can still win that fight. But you have to get up every time. So you have to have the mindset of saying, listen, I've fallen, but I can get up. Falling, getting up is a part of falling. So we fall, but we get up. So what I would say to someone who is going through is if you're you're down right now, land on your back because you (laughs) want to be able to look up so that you can get up. You know, don't fall on your face and stay there. (laughs) Right. Most definitely. Paula, you are full of wisdom, ironically. <laughs> the whole thing, it's amazing. Oh my God. You're full you know, of wisdom. Thank you so much. You know why? Because I've lived through a lot. So I can't take yes. you anywhere accurately unless I've been there first. And I don't know if this yeah. is the time, you know, but I've been through a lot. And if you hear my story, yeah. you're not going to even believe I don't look like what I've been through. I don't sound like it, but my wisdom came from my pain. Yes. My wisdom came from my pain. What a story. What a story. I mean, and you just got on wisdom and you came on here and you shared amazing stuff. You know, we're going to get Nikita in here in the room. Thank you so much, Paulette, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You got it. We're going to switch it over here. All right. We're going to swap here. All right. Another guest coming in here, Nikita. Oops, we're trying to get this switched here. Let me get this switched. All right, well, we'll get, we'll get, I'm sure Nikita will jump back in, try to get on here. I try to switch it there. It's okay. Again, we're, oops, here we go. Guest waiting. Here it goes. All right. All right, three, two, one. Another guest coming on here. Nikita, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Thanks for joining me here on how to change your behavior for the better. Tell me how your day is going. My day is going quite good, actually. Yeah. I think it was meant to be that Paula came first. She had some really good (laughs) wisdom that spoke to me really highly. Excellent. Tell me about what you, you know, uh, you've probably been listening for a bit here. You've been waiting in the queue. Tell me your thoughts, feelings, ideas about what we've been discussing. Um, When you were talking about friction, something that really, like, came out in my mind was guilt. I think a huge part of friction is guilt Mm. of like not wanting to move forward past those who have come before us, Mm. feeling guilt of doing better than our sisters, our brothers, our parents, our grandparents. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's certainly can be a huge friction point. Have you experienced that in your life? Is that personal to you? No, but I've seen it in my partner. So Mm. he was recently in school and dropped out because of guilt. 
he was afraid to do better than his parent. Right. And it is so, I, I was, it's so astounding to me because it's so different from how I am. Right. Right. Now, was his parent, was, was there any friction from the parent about this subject? Yes. So every time there was an issue that came up with school, her immediate reaction was to just quit, to tell him to just quit. Ah. Uh, it's not worth it. Just quit. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of, um, a lot of different parts that can go into the word of friction. It can be outward. It can be inward. Um, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. And we talked about like overcoming, you know, I'd like to use analogies to other things, but overcoming, use, you know, to overcome a mass uh, object, yes. you have to create a force that's greater than that. How can your, how can your partner do that? How is he trying to do that to overcome the friction of his mother? I believe that the only way to remove, like to get past friction is to remove friction. Mm. And that sounds harsh, and I would never, like, want that for him. I didn't grow up without my mother. Like, I grew up without my mother and father, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody else in the right. world. Right, But I do believe that space is healthy, especially becoming a young adult. Like, I'm 21, and he's just turned 20. Yeah. So I do believe in healthy space. And I do believe that it's okay to do these things. Like... His mother is not ill. She's not like on her deathbed or something. She is taken care of. She has other children. She has her husband. Yeah. No, it actually, I don't know if you heard this, but <clears throat> we had another guest, Mr. Viet, who was on, and he had to make the decision to overcome the friction of his mother. Mm -hmm. uh, he felt his mother would remind him that he was a burden in her life. Oh. And it, it it is it's he's which was really he came on here and he just laid it out and as he said for the first time he wanted to talk about it and he laid out how he has been a burden to his mother and her words and that he had to eliminate her and his life in order for him to move forward he's still stagnant but he had to make that decision yes i believe that that is a very big decision to make and regardless of like circumstances and whatnot, sometimes it is necessary. And it's not a fact of like, you don't love them, you don't respect right. them, you don't care for them. Right. But it's self-preservation. You have to take care of yourself as well. You can't right. be stagnant just to take care of everyone else around you. So how are you doing this with your partner? How, what are the discussions like for him to move forward? Take us through that a little bit. Uh, to move forward, we are just having simple conversations of what he truly wants. Mm -hmm. which is really hard for him because all the decisions have been always made for him. So it's a very small uh, stepping stones of like, hey, what do you want for dinner? Oh, well, I don't know. What do you want? Like kind of thing, you mm. know, like just small decisions of like, hey, do you want to take a shower or a bath? Do you want to eat pasta or chips? Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's I believe been no that starting small is very important because nobody's going to conquer a mountain. Well, we talked about that. I was saying that, uh, you know, you don't change your life in one day. No, it's uh, and actually, Mr. Viet was talking. It's a good analogy. He wants to, he's like, you know, my my house and my kitchen's a mess. He's like, how do I deal with this? Well, you, you know what? The you start with the kitchen table first, yeah, and and then move on to the sink and give yourself some time for that. Have some accountability measures. But you know, when someone when their friction has been so heavy, their entire life, which it sounds like it has been for your partner, 
you have to start shaping that behavior little by little over time. Yes. And it sounds like that's what you're doing uh, to create a larger behavior over time. Mm-hmm. So how has this affected your relationship? How has this emotionally been for both of you with this? I have difficulty with it. Um, only because, as I've said, like I didn't grow up with my mother and my father. So I've been very independent and very, like, I guess um, I don't really value other people's opinions if it negatively affects what I'm trying to do. Mm. So it's a bit of a learning curve for me. Yeah. That other people do not have the same, I guess, personality type and experiences and things like that. Um, I guess the biggest piece that I've had to have is understanding, just mm. simple understanding, regardless of whether I genuinely understand the problem, mm-hmm. I guess the right word would be validation. Mm. Is that I just have to validate what is going on in his mind, in his life. What's, what's been the hardest part about it for you in this process? Patience. Mm. I definitely, <laughs> I try to be a patient person, but I definitely <laughs> struggle with, um, with giving people time. Hmm. Yeah. And has that always been uh, that, something that's been hard for you? Yes, that has always been something that's very difficult for me. Um, patience was not a God-given virtue in my life. Yeah. <laughs> right. It could be a friction point for you. A, yes. a difficult thing to overcome. Yes, I did not think about it like that. That is How, So you're helping someone else with their friction point, but you're also dealing with your own friction at the same time. Yes, I, I tend to do that a lot. I take on other people's issues <laughs> uh-huh. a lot. <laughs> How has that affected your health doing that? Um, I get burnt out quite fast. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I, I have a, a brain disorder that already causes me to become very burnt out very quickly. Mm. And it seems that I only ate it. <laughs> right. How, so what are some strategies you, you, you feel like you need to do to protect yourself from that? I practice a lot of like sensory care and self mm-hmm. self care because I find that if my like speaking in analogies if my like metaphorical cup is mm. full then I'm able to pour into other people's glasses right but if I'm pouring hot air then it's going nowhere then I'm helping nobody and I'm not helping myself well we talked early in the conversation about self-evaluation and the mm-hmm. origins of your behavior and uh there can be there can be no progress unless you work on yourself as well. It's yes. noble to help other people. In the end, they're gonna they're gonna change themselves with the intervention. You're part of the intervention team, but yeah. in the end, it's gonna be his decision to change. Yeah. You know, and you ever try to force somebody to change something? Doesn't go very well. Yeah, I've tried. I can confirm it. It doesn't go well. It's weird. It does not go well because when you, though you have good intentions, when you, it comes across as an offensive move and then they create defense to fight back on it. Yep. I've definitely seen that in our relationship for sure. Right. So it's a, it's a, it's a web that you weave that's very complicated with that. But you're doing the right thing and helping out. But ultimately, it's going to be his decision to change. Yes. And how you navigate that is going to be very important because you have your own friction points of patience to deal with. Yes. (laughs) 
you know. So yeah, that's very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> hopefully, thank you. I try to have some type of insight. I went to school a long time. They better be working for me. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm in school for social work right now, and I'm like, Lord, the things that I'm learning is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the experiences in social work are far outweighing anything you've learned about educationally for it. You know? Oh, it will. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you're very, in your 21, you're going to have so many more experiences. Like you had the opposite end. Paulette's had this full life of experiences and things she's learned from. And in many ways, you're just starting your life. Yes. In many ways. So thank you so much, Nikita, for being on and sharing some uh, very personal things. I really appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. That's awesome. Have a great day and enjoy wisdom. I hope you're getting a lot out of the platform. I am. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Yes, you too. All right. We just had Nikita there. Wonderful. We've had some amazing guests who have been very honest in their assessment. Mr. Viet talked a little bit about the stagnation that he's feeling right now, the friction that's going on in his life, and the honesty of how he's having a difficult time overcoming it. So we talked a little bit about some tools and things that he can do to start overcoming the mass, the objects of his friction in his life. Paulette came on brand new to Wisdom, literally a couple of days. She's a recovery coach. What a gift have a recovery coach come on and talk about the full life she's had and the strategies that she's used, talking about you got to you know, when you're get down, you got to get back up. Look up at the sky. Get back up. Powerful stuff. And then Nikita just on talking about her partner and how the object of his friction, of his growth, is his mother. Same as Mr. Viet. And how difficult it is when you have to make the choice, even though you love someone tremendously, when you have to make the choice to exert a force over that friction, to not have that friction anymore in your life. I, there's, very thing, there's a lot of things that are painful in life. I can't imagine the pain of having to not have your mother in your life because that that person is the object, is the overwhelming mass and objects, the gravity that's keeping you on the ground and not allowing you to lift off to do to change your behavior for the better. This is how to change your behavior for the better here with myself, Dr. Darian Parker. I love hearing from all the guests here. Amazing stories. We got some more. All right. Our next guest coming on here. I don't want to make sure I say your name properly. I want to respect to make sure we say it properly. All right. Hello, sir. Yeah. Hi. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How do you say your name? I want to say it correctly. Oh, sure. Uh, it's uh, Rahul. Rahul. How, Rahul, yeah. thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, th thanks so much for having me on here. Yeah. So have you been listening in for a bit, or did you just join us? Yeah, I just joined about like two minutes ago, but yeah, I was listening to what you were saying earlier, so I really love uh, the room, and I'd uh, love to learn more about what you do and uh, about what um, made you come up with, I guess, with this topic, yeah. Yeah, um, well... Um, I have a lot of education and behavior change and and um, 
how to change people's behavior for the better, help them change their own behavior for the better. My doctorate's in sports education leadership with an emphasis in sports and exercise settings. But the, the psychology carries over to many different aspects of life. And so earlier on in the conversation, uh, we're talking a lot about the origins of a person's behavior and then what are the friction points that are causing you to not have the behavior that you want, the behavior for the better. So we talked about whether that is your, was your mother, your father, your guardian, uh, whether uh, I was siblings, whoever it may be, situations, your work life, um, you know, partners, all those things, and then talking about how to overcome friction. So as we've had plenty of guests talking a little bit about the friction in their lives and how that friction has affected their behavior changing for the better. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So how's that? Is why does this topic resonate with you? Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I think, uh, like, I guess in life, like, when I first started, I'm pretty young, I'm 24, um, as now, and, uh, but, yeah, like, over, like, the past few years, and as I was growing up, I, over the years, I've learned um, that uh, there's uh, the kind of, like, that sometimes that negative force, and uh, you should, like, uh, kind of ignore the people in life who, like, you know, don't treat you well, or they, um, they kind of give you bad uh, reputation sometimes so um yeah i think uh, I, I mean i struggled a little bit like i would say like yeah during uh my like former years of education and also like during college a little bit like in terms of like getting bullied and all uh but yeah. and uh yeah i've had uh like sometimes i also overthink about things and i still uh, do till today um but i'm trying to work on that and I've like talked to a therapist before, but uh, I think I might need, I need a new one now because um, I'm actually going through some personal uh, things as well. Just uh, I mean, not really really to my family. My family is great, but it's just yeah. um, I mean, sometimes I, yeah, I could overthink it. I mean, it could be sometimes because I might say like parents or others, but it's just that you know, learning of like as as time moves on, that just try to connect with the right people in life. And yeah, surround yeah. myself um, with other people. Like they, there's a saying like, um, you should spend the most time with. Uh, like th- there's the average of five people uh, that you spend the most time with, and uh, so that I guess what that means is like uh, you, you have the best of them. Uh, like I guess best of both worlds in that sense. So like if yeah. uh, say if it's yeah. like four people in your family and one person outside, like a friend, so you have that the average of those five people if you spend the most time with them you gain like a lot of knowledge or or what insight from those people so uh so i learned that thing from actually my parents uh my dad says that a lot so uh so i learned that from him but um i, I really appreciate like the advice i've been getting like over the years like say through like schooling the school system schooling system or like through my parents through like audio apps like this um wisdom or clubhouse but uh, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm stuck. Sometimes, like you know, I want to reach a certain goal or like uh, become a successful entrepreneur. But sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm not big, making that big break in life. So yeah. I think I need some advice or like some push to get there. So I mean, I, I'm motivated usually, and I, I love. I'm a, I feel like I'm a hustler, and a lot of people say that. And so it's just that I love, um, you know, connecting with people and making sure I help people in the right way and like get 
them like help them get off the ground if they need help as well so uh but uh, yeah i'm actually also in that shoe where i'm trying to like for example like launching an app and sometimes it's a struggle because it could be um with you know in terms of money or trying to find the right investors so so that's yeah. um kind of yeah. where i'm at with things but yeah i'd love to hear from you like maybe how i can you know make my way in life in terms of maybe not overthinking as much and sometimes i mean uh, like actually i was for example i was actually at the hassan minaj show um this past uh saturday uh in dc so actually um he mentioned a few things that kind of stood out to me and i kind of could see myself being in his shoes um because he he was like um all about that cloud like you know the instagram and but he said like family comes first and then the gram so which was pretty cool what he said and yeah 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 i love um being i mean i love having followers i mean it's a good thing but yeah i try not i I used to be like uh, i want these many followers and be great to boost my social media but now i'm not thinking as time moves on that uh it's not about the number of followers it's about the the people you spend the most time with and those um the the right connections you make in life so so i'm trying to build my social media as well at the same time but not just to get popular i would say but uh, I mean, yeah. it'd be nice to be famous one day, but to, to show the world that, you know, for who I am and I can uh, represent myself as like a model or like a role model for everyone out there. So, yeah. So what he said, like some few things he mentioned, I uh, could see myself and just really, like I mentioned, stood out to me. Um, but yeah, another thing he actually mentioned, he said he, he uh, his wife like also tells him this, that he antagonizes people. Usually, uh-huh. so like uh, there was one story. He went to like the Saudi Arabia um, embassy, like here in DC, and he tried to like get him on the, his show, The Patriot Act. So he was telling us the story about all that. So it, it was pretty cool, like what he did. But it's just that uh, maybe sometimes I might make mistakes where I'm trying to like get in touch with people, like say for example, like celebrities or like different artists or even like people to be on my app or like be a part of the project uh-huh. I'm on, but I try not to disturb them as much. But, I mean, I, I like to kind of, like, make my way out there, like, put myself out there more. But it's, uh, sometimes it's hard, and people kind of take that uh, as a personal thing, and they don't really like me to be in their, like, you know, space sometimes. So they kind of, like, block me. or So just trying to, like, figure out how to go about that, yeah. It sounds like the overthinking has been the dominant theme and right. and a lot of the behavior that you're trying to pray for the better. So for me, like it's more of like understanding how this manifested itself earlier on in your life and how it continues to manifest itself. Now, it sounds like you're working on it, but it also sounds like it's still a very large component of your current behavior. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. Actually, it's yeah, I'm trying to work on, I'm like working on towards it, but yeah, it's still there. I think um, because I've had like uh, thoughts about um, you know giving up like sometimes, and um, but it is uh, like I try I try not to think of that as much now. Like earlier when I was like struggling back in like college or like in school, like yeah, like I was mentioning about getting bullied or people making fun of me mm-hmm. or telling me things that I didn't like so it just it got kind of got to me in a more personal way but I'm, yeah yeah work on that story yeah. you mentioned also that I know we have limited time but we mentioned also that you're 
going to have a different therapist or so. Why did you mention that? Like you, you need a different uh, connection point about talking about these things? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I had one earlier, but it just, um, I mean, it, it worked out. Like, I mean, like, uh, what the therapist who sat down with me, I, I really enjoyed what she, the advice she gave and all. But it is that uh, recently I've been trying to follow up with her, but I haven't really got a response from her. Right. So I'm trying to, so I'm trying to find someone who can connect me with me on a more personal level. I think. So, yeah. um, so I think that's kind of where I'm at with things with on that end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, you know, talking about all the things you're going through and, and, and the things you're trying to do to overcome that friction. And that's, that's a big part of this discussion. Continue to have the discussions with other people, but continue to confront the overthinking. It feels like that is the dominant friction point from what I'm hearing and to move towards that and, and, and have some reconciliation with it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, you know, keep in touch and, like, maybe we can sure. talk well, more about yes. maybe connect and see how maybe I can improve on these things. Yeah, please do just contact me through a profile. You can contact me on LinkedIn or any other, any other uh, thing I have on there. Uh, Rahul, thank you so much for your time. So for those who join, I'm Dr. Darian Parker. We're talking about how to change your behavior for the better. Again, because we have various uh, people coming through all the time here. Um, talked a little bit about the origins of your behavior, understanding who and what was the environment that you grew up in and how the people in your life created the pattern of behavior that you may still exhibit. And understanding that those are friction, people are friction points, feelings can be friction points. What is the friction that's happening in your life and making the analogy, two different analogies. One, uh, rocket launches in order to overcome the gravity of the earth. There has to be a thrust that's greater than that in order to propel yourself off the planet. In order to move a box, any heavy object, you have to exert a force that's greater than that object in order to overcome the friction. What is the force that you need to apply in your life to overcome the friction. You know what also I'm hearing, very interesting, Jeremy was on here, Wade was on here as well. Jeremy, big shout out. Thank you for being on another awesome guest and talk, talking about uh, the friction of money and his philosophy of uh, impact over income. And now we just heard from Rahul and talking about how he's making a turn towards just the impact he makes with people and how um, income will come from that, the whole deal. And, you know, there's friction for everything in life. The question, how big is your friction? How light is it? What are the steps you're willing to take to change your behavior for the better? For some of you, those steps may be incredibly difficult. They may feel like it's something you shouldn't do because it hurts so much to do. For some of you, maybe that friction is just a lighter thing for you to do. Depends on your, each person's situation is different, but also can be very similar. There's strength and kindness and community in talking about the issues you have in your life, the friction you have going on in your life. Once you have identified the friction points in your life, a big part of it is 
what is the force? What are the actionable steps you're going to take? We talked to Nikita, another guest here, about her partner and some steps that she's taking with her partner to help this person to want to feel to be successful. What could, what is it like when someone, the friction point is a person who doesn't want you to be successful? We have to shape our behaviors. Shaping a behavior is small nudges or interventions that we provide to help the person to change their behavior. So these interventions can be various things in your life. Now you see companies, large companies have lots of data on psychology and they understand we know more and more how people consume things. So let's take, for instance, I've talked about this. How do you nudge somebody towards a behavior? Now, I didn't say a behavior for the better. I want behavior for the better, but how do you nudge somebody towards any behavior? Maybe the behavior that you want, whether that's negative, let's say it's negative, or let's say it's positive. How do you do that? A lot of that's through nudging. I'm sure many of you watch Netflix on here. I watch Netflix. I like a lot of different shows and things of that nature. And you may have noticed that there's a lot of behavioral technology going on within the shows that you watch. So for instance, you watch a series, you watch the first episode, what happens after the episode ends? There's a little box at the bottom of the screen and the choice is to go back or to watch the next episode. The nudging or behavior technology says, I'm gonna take the decision-making out of this. I, the behavior that I want is to have people watch more and more and more of this show. Time on watching the show. So the, 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 in order to overcome your decision-making, Netflix or any streaming platform just starts playing the next episode to take the decision-making out of your hand or nudge you towards watching more creating a force that's greater than you, which is the friction for them. Simple behavioral technology that is constantly being used. Another example of a shaping or behavioral technology that is done in our lives to have you stay using something or to create a behavior of consistent usage. Have you ever tried to delete your account on a social media app or a browser, it's incredibly difficult. I know because I've quit many social media uh, apps over the years. And what happens is the delete, delete aspect or deactivation uh, is on, purposely, on purpose very difficult to find because the behavior is to stay on there, to keep you on there, is to create friction. If I want to stop of a behavior, what's one of the easiest things that I can do to stop somebody trying to move forward in a different direction? I just create more friction. I create more and more barriers until the person decides I'm not willing to give a force that's greater than the friction that's being applied. So in the case of, let's say an app, social media thing, you have to go through several pages to find 
how to delete. You may have to go on a search engine to figure out how to deactivate your account. Barrier after barrier after barrier to keep you having the same behavior that you're having, which is using the platform. So it works the opposite way. If someone wants to keep you in a negative behavior, they will just create more friction for that behavior. And they will continue to build a wall of friction high enough that you will not be willing to climb over. It's the opposite effect. How to keep your behavior in a place that is negative requires more friction. How to change your behavior for the better requires you to have less or eliminate the friction point for that. Requires effort. So you have to start shaping your behavior towards the desired outcome. So that leads to one of the aspects, which is what is the desired outcome? Have you thought about or envisioned what the desired outcome that you would like to have as a consequence of changing your behavior for the better? So we're going to dive into that, but I wanted to, let's summarize. Again, we have people coming in, and again, we've had lots of great guests. If you want to be a guest and talk a little bit about the behaviors that you're exhibiting, again, what, whether they're, if you're currently in a negative behavior and you're having a hard time, I want to hear about it. If you've changed your behavior and you're at a great spot, you have consistency, you're doing well, you've had desired outcome, I want to hear about that too. But let's go backwards here. Again, I like to summarize here. It's easy to get on a long-term thing of people going on. This is how to change your behavior for the better with myself, Dr. Darian Parker. My background is in sports education leadership with an emphasis in behavior modification in sports and exercise settings. Uh, my career spanned 21 years in this field also in the fitness uh, field and as a fitness executive, personal trainer, educator, presenter. I love research and technology, and I love to have discussions related to behavior and behavior change. Humans are incredible, incredible. We're capable of many things, good and bad, but our behavior and how we navigate the world really defines our outcomes. So we talked in the beginning, what are the origin points of your current behavior? Who influenced you? Mother, father, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, friends, family, community, environment. Who's influenced your current behavior right now? Partners, work, recreational things, whatever it may be. The self-evaluation is important. Identifying what may be the root causes of your current behavior from the past and the present. And then discussing what are the friction points. The root causes are the friction points. What is the friction in your life? Friction goes both ways. Could be heavy, could be light. The friction may be in place to keep maintain the negative behavior you have. Your job is to change that friction 
to either lessen it or eliminate it to have a desirable outcome. And I talked about, in summarizing before we move forward, the analogies of physics related to friction. I use this often in, in working with clients, training clients, using friction creates intensity. Uh, surfaces have different friction levels. The friction on ice is different than the friction in sand. And same can be applied to the different friction that you have in your life for that. So in order to overcome the friction in your life, to change your behavior for the better, you have to exert a force that's greater than the friction is in your life. An object at rest tends to stay at rest. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. A ball that is rolling, that you roll on the ground, will continue to roll until there's no more force applied or until the surface is changed, the angle of the surface is changed, a force needs to occur to that is greater than the mass or the object in order for continued movement to occur. A rocket cannot escape the gravity of Earth unless the thrust, the force is greater than that gravity to get off planet. What's the inertia that you're dealing with? What's the force that you need to apply to overcome the friction in your life? And you know, one of the most interesting things is maybe you're the friction. How do you get out of your own way? Maybe you know the strategies and the tips and you know what you need to do, but you are the friction that's causing you not to move forward. Knowing about yourself is very important. Evaluation of the self is important. So we're at that point. So when you talked also about creating force points, shaping behaviors, small little changes lead to larger changes in life. But what's the desirable outcome you're looking for? What's What's the end game on some level? I mean, you're always growing and changing, but what's the desired outcome that you want? You want to change your behavior for the better. What is the better? What's the better? What are you looking forward to? What can you see around the corner once you've applied a force that's greater than the friction in your life? What is that better? Please feel free to join in, to talk about whatever's going on in your life, the friction in your life, the desires, the dreams you have, your current behavior. What are the things you're doing to overcome the friction in your life? Change is hard. And the change to become better may be one of the hardest things in your life. Staying the same, not that hard. The maintenance of your behavior is actually fairly simple. Keep creating friction that keeps you from doing the things you want to do. Again, as I mentioned, a lot of technology implements has huge amounts of data about how humans interact with each other, how we behave. And then that data is applied to 
technologies, the behavior technology that is applied to keep you using something, incentivizing your behavior. Every app, every thing, endeavor that you do, every business is in trying to incentivize you to have a behavior to you to consume. Okay. So what are you consuming? How are you consuming it? And what are the friction points for you and your consumption? I deal with this all the time in health and wellness. It's a great example, one of the greatest examples for people and friction and behavior change for the better. Majority of humans want to have a better uh, sense of wellness, well-being, want to have a better life physically, socially, emotionally. They want better for themselves. But we, we know through a tremendous amount of data too that very a very small percentage of our population is actually taking care of themselves and all the components of wellness. What's the motivation to create the force to overcome the friction? Yesterday I had a talk, uh, which is previewing some of my guests for the week. And we talked about motivation. And I think, you know, with everybody here in this room, it's important to understand motivation. To go back again, to summarize, you'll notice this when other these talks, we'll talk, we'll move forward, and we'll move backwards. We'll talk, move forward, move backwards. One, because we have different people coming in here, but two, we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. A lot of talk about motivation out there. How do I want to be motivated to do better? I want to be motivated to change my behavior. For those you've just joined, I like to operationally define behavior. Motivation is an old, an old, old, old definition of motivation from the 60s, 1960s scientists. Motivation is energy or effort towards something and direction towards something. Energy and effort towards something or an out of, towards an activity or direction and direction towards that. If you just have direction and no intensity, behavior change will not happen. If you just have a lot of intensity, a lot of energy and no direction, your behavior will not change for the better. You need both. You need to have energy, intensity, and you need to have a direction. Both of those things equal motivation and will allow you to start to create a force that's greater than the friction that's in your life to change your behavior for the better. But it starts with you. Have you done the evaluation of self? Are you the problem? Are you the friction? Are other people the friction? Are the feelings you have, as Nikita said, a feeling of guilt, is that the friction point? Or is it a cover for your friction? In that case, guilt, to me, personally, in my educated opinion, the guilt was just a sub-symptom of the larger friction, which was her partner's mother. That was the main friction point. <clears throat> Are you the friction point? Is someone else the friction point? Is your job the friction point? One of the more interesting things about the past 18 months is the migration of people to different areas of the country during lockdown, pandemic, 
what made people change? What made them create a force that was greater than the situation that was going on in their state to move to another state? To evaluate their lifestyle and change. You can take this to any situation. You could apply this to any situation in your life. Self-evaluation. Friction points. Shaping behaviors. Desirable outcomes. And then also understanding that one of the greatest ways to keep someone in a negative situation is to create more friction for that. And maybe that's what's going on with you, is you have created a lot of friction in your life. So it's hard to create a force to overcome that. Don't be your own worst enemy. There's enough of that going on. You have to lessen or eliminate the friction, even when it feels like it may be the wrong thing to do because it's someone close to you. You have to figure out a way to create a force that's greater than the friction, whatever that may be, whoever that may be, however close you are to them in your life, in order to move forward, in order to change your behavior for the better, we have to look at all these things, the origins of your behavior, the frictions of the behavior, shaping your behavior, the desirable outcome that you want in your life to have better behavior for that. Behavior change is incredibly difficult. And a large part of change is admitting that it's hard. It's one of the things I tell clients potential clients, people I've worked with over many decades, you don't want to exercise or be physically active, it's okay to admit that. And in fact, you're probably right because anthropologically and biologically, you're not wired to want to do what we're doing today. But it doesn't change the fact that you need to take care of yourself. It's perfectly fine to admit that you have problems, to be vulnerable. And it's preferable to admit you have problems and that your current behavior is not good, but it's not acceptable to stay in it. We may not be wired for the current version of taking care of ourselves, for running for health and wellness, or lifting weights for health and wellness. Our biology says, we hunt, we survive attacks, we reproduce. That's what we spend our calories on. But just because it was that way and because it feels abnormal, doesn't mean we have to stay there or we should stay there. We have to move forward with the information that we currently have. What is the information in your life? If you gathered all the data about your life, all the hardship, all the behaviors that you're exhibiting. What if you took all the data, you sat down, you wrote down, you talked to somebody about how difficult it is and really evaluated it honestly. What would that data tell you? If it's telling you that you're living with a tremendous amount of friction points, a lot of difficulty, 
the next step would be how do I, through small steps, through nudging, through shaping behaviors, how do I decrease this friction or eliminate the friction? And also giving yourself permission to eliminate the friction in your life. Because one of the, the hardest things to watch is when people create more friction because they're scared of what it would look like without that friction. It's, a, it's an odd thing. Sometimes the difficulty you know is more comfortable than the positive thing that you don't know about. We know this, and again, lots of data. Uh, Chris Voss talked about this. I love his book, Never Split the Difference. I have the book. I'm looking at it right now in my library here. It's, it's really an excellent book. But one of the things he talks about is that people are willing to take a loss. And I also interpret that as, you can take that as people are willing to allow their friction to continue to build up to manifest that as the same be negative behavior that they have. Often people are willing to take a loss versus actually moving forward and doing something that they haven't experienced that's positive. If all you know is pain and difficulty and strife and hurt, while you may want to decrease that friction and know happiness and joy and triumph, it may be easier, honestly, to just feel the same ways you've been feeling. It's a strange thing that humans do. We often sabotage ourselves. That though we may want to do something to change our behavior for the better, we're more willing sometimes to take the loss and continue to have a maintenance program for our pain. That's why interventions are so important. Interventions are critical in order to change your behavior for the better. And often that intervention involves other people, other environments. The truth is we all need each other. We fight with each other, we war with each other, but the truth is we need each other. You need other people to help you change, but other people will not change you you will change yourself with the assistance of others. And we talked to Nikita early about her and her partner, and she's doing a lot of work to help her partner have the mindset of wanting to be successful. You can want success for someone else, but they have to want it for themselves. Have you ever tried to force somebody to do something positive that they're not ready for? to make a change for. It usually ends pretty poorly. A simple concept in behavior change for the better, or let's say for the worse. If you wanna create a worse behavior, create offense, which will in turn create defense in the other person. If you create offense with other people, they will 100% create defense against you. You attack someone else, even if you think that attack is a positive attack in your mind, they will put up a wall to protect themselves. They will become defensive and they will fire back at you. I'm sure everyone out there has had this experience 
You want the best for someone. You want to change their behavior. But you try to force them through sheer force to change their mind. They will fight you. And often it will be a very negative thing. And actually, you're causing more friction. So you're building the wall of friction and making it harder for them to actually climb over that wall. You're an aide. You are part of the intervention team. But it has to be their decision to want to change. You are part of the team, but you are not the executive decision maker. That's up to the person. Don't be a part of maintaining their negative behavior. This is part of enabling. When people have wonderful intentions to help someone in their lives and they enable them because they just don't want them to feel hurt, you're creating more friction. You're maintaining an undesirable behavior. You have become the friction point. You've become the gravity for, to which they cannot escape the atmosphere. Don't be the problem. Be a part of the intervention team. This is how to change your behavior for the better. Identify the origin of your pain. Identify the current friction points of your pain, your behavior, your negative behavior. Identify some shaping tools, strategies that you can do to start to climb the wall of the wall of friction that has been created. Shape the behavior, small victories. Mr. Viet said his kitchen and his life was just kind of stagnant. Start with the kitchen table. Move on to the kitchen sink. Work on the cabinets. Make the pantry the next thing you work on. You want to repair a friendship, a relationship. You want to decrease the friction with people you love in your life. What can you do? The first thing is come in peace. Don't come with anger. Don't create offense. Don't create defense. Come in peace. We have another guest coming up here. <clears throat> so I guess they'll come here in a second. Sometimes it's glitchy with this stuff here. Come in peace, Lisa, there you go. Hey, Darian, how are you? I'm good, Lisa, how are you doing today? I am doing well, and I just have to tell you, I just need to come up here to edify you, and I do have a couple of questions, but I, I'm I'm putting on my makeup, I'm getting ready to run out and do some errands, and I'm like, this guy is so amazing, he's giving so much of his heart and soul, and information that we might pay for someone <laughs> else, you know, a webinar, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this app is so incredible, and people like you, Darian, are so incredible to offer what you are offering to uh, the Wisdom app, to people here on Wisdom, to the Wisdomers, as we're called, right? So I just wanted to thank you for that. And I thank have, you. oh, of course, and I have just a couple of questions. So the first thing is, I have to say, I, I don't have pain, uh, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. However, one of the things that I do want to change is that I'm very blessed not to have pain. 
I don't have arthritis. I don't have. Yeah. And I want to keep it that way, uh, Darian. So I have gone through spurts of uh, hardcore exercise. And then I had my second child. And then it was like, eh, <laughs> doing that anymore. Right. And then I would go back and do a little bit like more medium kind of exercise. And then I'm like, you know, I don't really enjoy this. So what I do want to change, Darian, is my mindset around an exercise routine that would suit me. I'm in my late 50s and Mm -hmm. I don't like to run, but I do love to walk. I do love to do HIIT training. I'm mm-hmm. not too keen on going into my beautiful gym that's down uh-huh. uh, the, the, the walk from me, even though I keep getting, join us, join us. I'm just not comfortable yeah. doing that. I, I'm in Southern California. We're very blessed to have, you know, low incidence of, of COVID. But yeah. I'm hoping that, number one, you could give me a, a mindset strategy to say, you know, Lisa, here's one, two, three, how you could start. And secondly, the conflict piece that I have had that I have pretty much had to lay aside until I heard you talk is um, my wonderful husband will be married uh, 18 years in January. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's our second marriage. And, you know, oftentimes they say the second is better than the first for myself and Randy and husband. But Darian, my conflict with him is he smokes. Now, he's a general contractor. His BMI is perfect, and so he's active. He's engaged. He crawls under homes. He gets on roofs. He was a former wrestler. And so I believe, Darian, in the back of his mind, his thought is, I'm never going to get sick from the cigarette smoking. And, of course, we pray about it every morning, and we believe that. However, what I see, Darian, happening is not anything with regards to lungs. But I see exhaustion that's being brought on by the cigarette smoking. I mean, yeah. it's literally Darian draining him. I'm sure you have clients that you yeah. you counsel through that. So that's my one about a plan, a one, two, three for me to get off my BTT yeah. and, and get it going. I'm very active. I have a lot of energy, but that just goes from yeah. my DNA. But number two the conflict of smoking with my husband. So thank you for listening to my explanation. Of course. No, it's great. Listening is a big part of of the whole deal. Uh, First thing, uh, I think answering your first, I'll answer it, but I also think it'd be good if we talked outside of this, because there's a lot that goes beyond this as well. So if you're open to that, I would love to chat with you beyond this about that. That'd be great. Um, Sure. uh, One, one of the big things with people who struggle with exercise and what to do is admitting to yourself that there's certain aspects of it that you don't like. Yeah. And giving yourself permission. And this is for all people listening. It's very important. And I talked a little bit about this. We, we know through tremendous amounts of research, anthropological and biological research that what we doing, what we're doing for exercise currently is, is very counterintuitive than what we used to do. Yes. So yes. we have this built in and long term sense of taking care of our surviving and our calories were never meant to be spent on doing hit workouts, running, all that stuff. It's highly irregular and it's highly foreign to current humans today and certainly past humans. Thank so you for accepting that. For that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not it's not that people don't want to do stuff. Most people want to feel better, look better, all that stuff. Yes. But we need to give people permission to say, hey, listen, I don't like this. 
I have an innate feeling like I don't want to do this, and then giving you permission to go, yes, that's correct. That's correct. You're not wrong for feeling that way. But on the other side, you have to do something about it. Yes, because absolutely. we no longer live like we used to do. We can only deal with the situation that we're currently in. Yes. Which is now we have to do we have to do exercise or physical activity that feels counterintuitive to us because we're living in a very different time with very different things that are happening in our lives. We no longer generally as a species have to survive on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yes. So things change and so we to change that behavior we have to change, we have to accept how we normally have been and then create a force that's greater than the friction, which is our not wanting to do it, to be better than that. So you have to find things that not necessarily that you enjoy. That's a huge myth about that. You ah. don't have to enjoy exercise. That okay. is a huge myth. Okay. Because the, the process of getting better is not always enjoyable. It's not. <laughs> Yes, that's right. All right. That's you can take that to anywhere. Getting better is not always enjoyable. So why would doing exercise have to be enjoyable all the time? If you're getting better, you're changing all the variables, your cardiac output, your stroke volume, your muscular endurance. Anytime you get better, it's going to be it's going to be on, on some of it's not going to be enjoyable. It's okay. But a lot of what is being put out there is that have fun, do something you love, blah, blah, blah. If you yes. like to roller skate, that's great. But are you overloading that? Are you roller skating longer mm. sometimes? Are you roller skating harder when you're doing it? If you're not changing the variables, nothing will change for you or that. that that's so brilliant. That's so, so brilliant. I want to talk to you more about that question uh, on another offline. I want to do that. Okay. Uh, on With your husband, have you had a discussion about uh, how this makes you feel with him? I have. I definitely have uh, for years. Our youngest son graduated high school 10 years ago, and his promise to both of us was that 10 years ago at the graduation time, he was going to quit, and he didn't. And he, we have had very heartfelt discussions around it, Darian. We've had uh, he's gone to the doctor, you know, and his lungs are always clear. And really, yeah. the doctor believes it's because of his activity. I uh -huh. mean, the man never stops. And, you know, I I praise God for that. However, yeah. um, you know, again, it's not my fear of dis-ease in his body. It's my concern that perhaps, Darian, because we know people can smoke and live to 100. Sure. But why take, why take that risk? But my, my concern, though, is that I see... Um, an exhaustion in him uh, from nicotine invading his body. And um, secondly, his belief that when he gets stressed out, it helps him to relax. And, you know, I've done some research and I guess there's some truth to that. However, we have had our talks. He's tried to patch off and on for 10 years. He's never gone through the entire process for that. He does want to quit, but with all with those kinds of things in mind, I mean, you've taught us so much today, Darian. I'm so grateful. Thank you. It's not enough to want. It's like, when are you going to take the step? And, you know, yeah. I'm grateful that I'm not overweight either, but that's not my excuse for not wanting to become more active in terms of lifting weights and strength training. For me, it's, of course, I want to live till I'm 100 and beyond. And I know that I will be able to do that, Darian, as I strengthen and lengthen yeah. my body. 
and um, make those very powerful steps in that direction. And like you said, a body in motion stays in motion. It does. And you know, in, in you're talking to him, have you ever, have you tried other people to talk to him or maybe like your children having an honest discussion with him? It depends, you know, often the change, again, you're not going to change his mind. He's going to have to change his own mind. Absolutely. But you can be part of the intervention team. Who else <laughs> as part of the intervention team may have a more significant impact than you? You may think I'm the main point. I'm the I'm his partner. But yes. actually the point that it may be more significant from someone else. You know what? I agree with you. I know we're going to time out here, but yeah. Darian, I'm going to work on that and see if both of our sons can have a chat with him because they never have. So yeah. as not to cause him to become angry and upset. But 